What's going on? What's going on? Everyone's actually listening to this podcast right now. First of all, guys, welcome to the Nikhil Sai Show, which is hosted by me, the Nikhil Sai. And guess what's going on today? We are back with another amazing two CCX interview. This is going to be crazy, 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 guys. If you're wondering like how you could embed applications which could help you to bring huge revenues, like increase your customer value dramatically, then this is going to be like a killer podcast episode. So make sure to stick around. If you're a coach consultant who's thinking of how can I actually create a complete customer experience by being the best in the niche because you're serving differently, your plate looks different. Your servings just look completely different, right? So if you want to be someone who wants to catch out all of the competition by not selling any courses, by creating your own app, this is going to be a completely amazing, amazing podcast. So make sure to stick around. The guest we're having on this podcast today is a 29-year-old who built a million-dollar business. This dude has recently won two CCX Award, which represent over $10 million through his one funnel. And... He's been helping over 5,000 clients create applications and build businesses where they have served, their clients serve over 260,000 people. This is crazy, crazy, crazy scalability when you use applications, guys. So let's not waste any time. And actually, let's welcome Daniel Harvey, found, co-founder at Passion.io. Hey, Passion, Dan. Hey, hey, how's it going? Absolutely, brother. We are having a great time. Thank you for joining us today. Of course. Yeah, cool to be here. Yep, absolutely. And Dan, like one of the things which I've seen is like the way you started your online journey and, and the way you quickly scale it up to a level where it's actually doing eight figures now, which is pretty amazing, brother. So can you please start with your backstory, Dan? Like how did all of this crazy journey started? How did you got into applications, actually? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the so Passion.io is, is now around five years old. And the first couple of years, uh, we were working really closely with uh, creators, influencers, coaches, authors, um, almost like an agency in the beginning, we would, we would do like everything for them. We would do the marketing, the sales, uh, the technology, the operations, the filming, like everything. Right. And mm -hmm. through that journey, we had multiple big successful launches, multiple failed launches, and we learned a ton. One of the things that we, that we learned in those early days was that, um, Every time we launched an online course, the first question from the customers was like, can I get this in an app, right? We had that question so many times. It was the number one question we had. Eventually, mm -hmm. we decided to just build an app. Um, we hired um, a couple of developers and a designer and um, a project manager. And we, by the end, we'd spent about $65,000. It took 11 months from start to finish. And eventually, we had an app. And the app was great. It worked really well. The customers loved it. And, you know, we had much better retention, much better engagement. Um, so it helped us really scale that that course up. Um, but of, of course, like it's not scalable to to launch apps if it takes sixty thousand dollars mm -hmm. in eleven months. And so we created the platform that we have today, which is Passion.io. We launched it uh, beginning of twenty nineteen, and um, yeah, it scaled uh, aggressively since that. As you said, we've now. Um, hit over 10 million in revenue with that funnel and um, and it's it's growing very quickly yeah absolutely and that was a pretty awesome journey brother and the way you mm -hmm. have pivoted through like a full-time agency to actually impacting more people you know giving them complete technology full hand in their hands that was absolutely insane transformation brother and you know as we see like what's happening in the industry like everyone is you know trying to build their own course trying to create their own customer base and trying to compete with people who already have like 100x bigger value in their courses, right? So like a lot of people, when they're getting into trying to sell their own digital products, 
the first question they ask is as a business owner, like passion Dan, like why do apps over traditional courses? Like how does it really give an advantage? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, in the end, it comes down to engagement. Like, like, uh, people in this industry talk a lot about marketing and of course marketing is, is, is incredibly important, but in the end, the best product always wins. Right. And so you've got to have really good marketing, but when you bring people into your funnel and into your world, you have to deliver. If you don't deliver word will spread quick and your marketing will stop working. So even though like the coaches, consultants out there, like Sam Evans have got like very, very strong marketing, they also have the best products. And hmm. it's not a coincidence that they are the most successful, the ones with the best products. And, uh, and apps clearly is where we spend all of our time, right? Like uh, on every social media platform, mobile has overtaken desktop. Um, clearly, if we want to order food, we're using an app. If we want to play a game, we're on our phones. If you want to, you know, pretty much everything now is, is on mobile. And really the only True. reason why our industry hasn't gone mobile sooner is because no one could launch apps until now. And so you've got all these coaches, consultants, authors, et cetera, um, who, who are launching these online courses and people don't use online courses. It's broken. It doesn't make sense. And so the typical KPIs that you'll see is you'll have up to around 300% higher engagement with an app. So people using it more often, therefore your retention will be significantly higher. So if you have a subscription or if you're then upselling people from, from a lower ticket product to a higher ticket product, all of those KPIs are going to just be significantly better um, because applications allow you to do things that online courses don't. So, of mm -hmm. course, everything's accessible with one click, but also people can download the content onto their device and watch it online, uh, offline. Sorry, People can um, do habit tracking or progress tracking so they can check in on the app. They can network in a community. They can message you. So you've got all these features functionality that don't really work within an online course that make perfect sense for an app, uh, that you bring it all into one place and, people are growing their businesses much more quickly that way. Yep, absolutely. And that was an absolutely cutting edge marketing strategies, coaches and consultants, and basically every business owners can actually do by cut starting the learning curve by creating an application rather. And then like one of the most questions like people get is, let's say if they even tried to create an application and they launched it successfully, let's say, right? One of the main problems is like how to get downloads. Like do I push? Play Store traffic or do I push App Store traffic? How does that look like? Like, how do you help your clients? How do you suggest to get more app downloads and get that reach to scale that application out? Yeah. The simplest thing that anyone can do to, to start off with is like, if you have a funnel that's working, don't change mm -hmm. the funnel, right? So if you have a marketing channel like Facebook ads or, or Instagram ads, for example, and you're running traffic to a webinar or, or to a sales page or whatever it is, don't change that. The first thing I would change is actually how you deliver. So the second someone buys, they can buy through ClickFunnels and then you can use Zapier to connect it into your app. And then you can deliver the product through the app. We, so we do that, for example, right? We have a funnel that runs on ClickFunnels. It brings people in, it's a webinar, brings people in. Mm -hmm. The first thing you get people to do once they purchase is download the app and go through our training. When they go through that training, the, uh, the uh, engagement rate is very high. The success rate is very high. And then we have a higher ticket mastermind program and the upsell rate to that is very high because, um, because of the success and the retention that they've had until that point. Right. So I wouldn't like when people think about apps, they think, okay, how do I get downloads? And it's, it's a valid question, but I wouldn't start there. I would start by use the funnel that works and deliver your content through an app. Then of course, mm. 
there are tons of strategies you can do on top of that to drive downloads like App Store optimization, which is similar to search engine optimization, but but for the App Store. Um, you can run ads inside the App Store. There's a lot of things, but that's not where I would start if you're just getting started with your own app. Yeah, true, Dan. I think people really complicate. They try to put the app in the top of the funnel, but that's not top of the funnel. It's the end of the funnel to create a new funnel to create that retention. So you should yeah. try giving applications to existing customers and people who are trying to, you know, just saw you. If you ask them to download an app, they'll be like, they'll never see you once again, right? That was absolutely insane, Dan. I appreciate that advice, brother. Let's get to the next question, Dan. I mean, this is something you're really passionate about at passion.io. Like you've been helping businesses to create that real customer experience, which has engagement levels at a higher level. Just as you mentioned, when you create an application, the engagement boosts, people who are buying upsells increases, 200% engagement boost is like absolutely insane. It's, it's engagement on steroids. So we would love to hear like what kind of tricks or tactics people can use, why, how to create like their customer journey using applications. How do you do that basically? Yeah. I think uh, in the end, this is behavioral design. It's the kind of things that, that social media has, has got us to do um, to, to make us addicted to these platforms. And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot. There's a lot of things you can do. Um, some of the things we love to do is, is create um, uh, accountability within the program. So when people join, it's really important that they know that if they don't make progress, if they don't um, consume the content, that someone will know. And, and there's like a social pressure on them to proceed okay so we have for example something in our training called share and nominate which is when you um every time we ask you to do a task like build the next stage of your app in our case Mm -hmm. we get you Mm -hmm. to share your progress in the community part of the app and also nominate someone else within the community to share their progress and so what's happening is people are getting nominated all the time and if they're not making progress they kind of feel embarrassed and that's what we want, right? We want people to feel, okay, there's a pressure. I need to make progress um, because humans are kind of inherently lazy and it's not our fault. It's how kind of how, we, how we've evolved, how we're designed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so by, by showing people, Hey, if you don't make progress, someone's going to know and someone's going to, you know, you you might feel uncomfortable. You might feel a little embarrassed. That's like one example of how um, that will actually really impact people's behavior in a, in a positive way. Okay, social media uses all of these same things to kind of get us addicted to scrolling all the time. What Mm. we want to do is use these same behavioral design techniques to actually get people to take positive steps in their life, to to improve themselves, to grow their business, to whatever it is that the app is helping people to achieve. The app is there like to design their behavior to get them to take the positive steps towards their goal. Yeah, absolutely. And that was absolutely insane. Like when you know for a fact someone else is watching you, you tend to do much more progress than you what, what you could actually achieve when no one is watching for sure. Brother. That's right. And I love the fact like you're, you're really breaking down the human psychology and you created like customer experiences at passion.io and all of your clients' businesses like in that fundamentally strong way. Love the fact, brother. Really, really enjoyed that fact. Let's get to the next question, Dan. This would be absolutely insane to answer, brother. I would love to hear like your journey of like launching Passion.io in 2019 to scaling it to over eight years. Like how was your journey? Like how did you actually do it throughout the mm. process? Good question. Um, it's not easy. Uh, it, it was never easy. It's still not easy. Like any, anyone looking to grow a business and thinking it's going to be easy is, um, is unfortunately oh. mistaken in most cases. Um, essentially, our, our strategy was a couple of things. Number one, 
model what works. Like everyone in this industry says it, but it is really true. Find something, find someone else's funnel that you, um, that's kind of relevant to your business that you resonate with, and then just watch it, look at it and understand why it works and then apply those same principles to yourself. Okay. So um, for us, we, uh, we actually watched the 10X Secrets Masterclass from Russell Brunson, where he had this like 90-minute presentation at, at the 10X conference, where he, he sold $3 million, uh, $3 million in 90 minutes. And he, he uh, broke that presentation down in a, in a three-hour-long video. And I watched it four times, so like 12 hours of watching this video, um, wow. understood it in detail, created um, back, back then in 20, uh, end of 2018, I was creating this um, webinar. And then, um, I, and then it's just like a, a, re, a ton of hard work. I um, did, I think, 11 live webinars. I had to stay up until 3 a.m. because I'm, I live in Europe and most of our customers are in the States. So I was mm -hmm. up until 3 a.m. doing these live webinars, um, like very high energy, um, didn't make any sales for the first four or five, and then eventually made that first sale. Um, continued to every single time I would like look at the chat, I would get feedback. I would speak to the people who purchased and ask them, why did you buy? I'd speak to the people who didn't purchase and ask them, why didn't they buy? I improved the presentation and eventually it was converting uh, live attendees at about 20%, like one in five attendees purchased for a thousand dollars. And then it was good enough to automate. We're now on the third automated version of this webinar um, it converts completely cold traffic at like 10 to 12%. Um, so, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know of any webinar stats like that on the market. Um, and then, and then the other key strategy there was like, we just found one marketing channel that works and really mm. focused on that because I think um, a lot of people try to do too many things and they're like, you know, even people just starting their business. I hear quite a lot, quite a lot, like, oh, Dan, I want to do this in two languages and I'm going to market it on these seven different platforms. And I just like, I'm like, guys, I'm running, you know, we're running a $10 million business. We just use what we have one product. We have one marketing channel and we're going to do that probably till about $25 million. And then we might launch another channel, right? So focus is really, really important. Um, and uh, yeah, so we found a channel that works and which is Facebook and Instagram ads. And we're now doing... Last month, we spent $720,000 on ads because we've cracked that channel and, uh, and it's profitable. And so, um, yeah. And then the third one, which, which, is not, which is more of the art than the science, is like mm -hmm. you really need a unique product. You know, Russell Brunson calls it a new opportunity. We call it a game changer. Like you need a product that – because when people hear like, okay, I can get an app. It doesn't cost me $60,000. It doesn't take 11 months, and it's going to improve my business and help me grow my business – it's just a good offer. Like I don't have to be the best sales guy in the world. We don't no. have to do the best ads in the world. When you have like a really strong offer that resonates with the market, again, it's not easy, but it's easier than if you have some generic thing that doesn't really have, doesn't really resonate with the market. True. Absolutely. Dan, I think it comes down to like, if you're very good at marketing, if you have a bad product, you could sell a couple, but that's not scalable. If you have even like a great product, even if you suck at marketing, it would slowly take off and get that momentum with the snowball effect. I appreciate that, Dan. Thank you so much for laying down the throughout the process on how we have scaled passion.io. And I mean, like I have a follow-up question to what you've just mentioned. Like, dude, like converting cold audience at a 10%, like, wow, like 
that's that's absolutely insane right like i personally know very few webinars which could do that numbers we would love to hear like how did you actually pull it through it like how did you actually you know continue to make sure that it's converting and how did you make a webinar which is converting 10% of your cold audience into customers down the road how did that work for you yeah i mean so the the key ones would definitely be um modeling what works doing it a lot of times live getting a lot of feedback and iterating on on the presentation there is no uh there's no replacement for um for for, for essentially doing something a lot of times people mm. people sometimes watch the webinar and they're like who taught you to speak or who who helped you with the script or and and like it, it's not that i was naturally able to do any of those things but i've done it now so many times that mm. i can kind of see when people's eyes light up and when their eyes glaze over and I can kind of see when something feels good and when it doesn't feel good. Um, and you know, you, you can tell when you, like if you attend conferences or if you watch speakers, if you go to a Tony Robbins event, for example, the words just like come through him and, and that's, it, it feels like the first time he's saying those words, but it's actually like the 10,000th time he's saying those words and and therefore he knows every single word how like how everything needs to sit and feel to have the desired effect and and you're watching that and you're kind of in awe and you're like wow look at this guy he's like a god but he's not he's just done it a lot of times um i think the cool thing about a webinar is like there's nothing standing between um this person who's never heard of you before and them paying you like a thousand two thousand five thousand dollars other than the words that you say I think that's really mm. cool. I think the fact that just knowing that there are words that you can say that will take a complete stranger and turn them into a high paying client in less than an hour is like, I think that's cool. That's empowering. If you know that's possible, just learn how to do it, do it a lot of times, get good at it. And that like, imagine how much that skill is worth. <laughs> absolutely. And that was definitely on point. Absolutely. I think this is really comes down to like, art like you know i mean like comes down to experts are not born they are crafted they craft themselves to become an expert and they're good at what they do absolutely and i appreciate that let's get to the next question brother i think this is the most demanding question specifically talking about passion.io like now people might be thinking okay nikhil i'm convinced passion is perfect app is the way to go but how do i do it like i'm non-techie i have no clue how to code how to create my own app without being techie person? How does that look like at Passion.io? Yeah, I mean, with, with Passion, it's designed for non-techie people, right? The, the reason why um, we haven't really seen a lot of coaches previously uh, creating apps is because it was really the app stores are designed for developers, right? And so, for example, when you want to launch an app with Apple or Google, you have to get something called a developer account. You have to become mm. a developer, and that's that's scary to like people like me who are not techie. That's like a scary a scary moment, right? And so they're not designed for regular people. They're designed for developers. And what passion do is kind of bridge that gap. That's like essentially the value we're adding to the world is like, you know, this is designed for those people, but these people need it. So you put passion in the middle, and it's really just like any other drag and drop, you know, ClickFunnels, Wix, Squarespace, WordPress, like any of these drag and drop um, website builders and whatnot. It's pretty much just like that. You just drag and drop what you want in your app and, and then you launch it. So it's no no different than launching a website now. Um, wow. But that bridge, man, that's that's like 
I mean, that's, that's what I've spent the last five years um, building. I mean, not me personally, I can't code anything, but our team, that's what we spent five years building and it's, um, it's not so easy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Dan. I mean, like, I really excites for a fact, like how you have transitioned, like coding all of this stuff, executing, fixing those bugs to actually this simple drag and drop application creator tool. Like, that's just a game changer product which you have created, brother. Appreciate that, love it. So, guys, you know what it takes to build a ten million dollar business? Have a game changer product. <laughs> absolutely. So, Dan, let's get to the next question, brother. This would be insane to answer. So, you've been someone who's been scaling through ramp. So, you've been hiring people. You've been managing clients you've been managing your productivity as a CIO of a company so we'd love to hear like how do you how do you manage your time like the tools you use for your projects and productivity mm. that's a good question our COO chief operations officer would be able to answer that better and that's maybe the first answer is like bring in people who can do the things that you're not you're not so good at um, mm -hmm. of course you have to you have to have some money to pay those people so you can't do it in the beginning but at some point it's really important to just bring bring those people in. I mean, we're a remote company, so our team are all over the world. Um, so you know, we're we're wow. um, talking on Slack. We we use Jira for project management. We use Zoom for calls. Um, we use Google Calendar. There's there's nothing like especially unique about what we do. Pardon me. Um, there's nothing especially unique about what we do. Um, but I think for me, I mean. Like I say, the actual tool side, our COO would be, would be better. But for me, what, what has always been important is um, I believe that culture is like a shadow, which means like you go outside, whether you want to have a shadow from the sun or not, there's a shadow on the floor. You don't choose to have a shadow. Mm. There will be a culture in your business, whether you want there to be or not. So the only decision you can make is, am I going to consciously shape that culture or am I going to just allow it to be what it just becomes naturally. And I really believe in, in shaping the culture. I think that's really important. And so I, we have five values at Passion. Every company has values, but most don't live the values. The values are usually a joke internally. Like if you speak to a, an employee of a company, they'll say, oh yeah, we've got these values. And it's like kind of a joke. True. Yeah. Um, at Passion, we really live our values. It has to start at the top. The leaders of the company have to live the values. We talk about them all the time. We give feedback based on the values. And so um, I, I guess by implementing these values into these generic tools that most companies use, um, that's kind of how we do it. That's how we, we're now like 40 people. And, you know, it's, it's a challenge growing the company. It's a challenge getting the right people, the right processes. Mm. Um, kind of scaling that that those values through the company is tough, um, and I'm sure it's going to get tougher to then you know when we get to 100 people and beyond. So, yeah, absolutely, Dan. And and I would like to like ask a quick follow question with that. Like even physical companies who have like hundreds of employees with bunch of desks and computers, they really struggle to maintain that vibe inside you know the company. Like basically manage their culture. Like as a complete 100% remote company, like. How are you managing it? Like, how did you maintain those values with, with your day-to-day -day team? How does that look like for you? What, what it really takes to get that outcome? Yeah. So first of all, I think like a lot of founders um, use like remoteness as an excuse for having a shit culture. Um, and, and so people say like, oh, I can't, you know, create a good vibe in the team because we're remote. And I think 90% of the things that work for creating a a real connection with someone works remotely or not, you know, not, not everything, but most things. Um, and so what we, what we do is, is for example, um, 
we it's really important to us that you when you come to work that you don't just come to work as like this like work face and then you go home and you've got the home face we want you to come to work as a as your entire human self and so you know if if someone um you know is having a bad day and they're like you know i'm just feeling really down they should be able to talk about that in the team they should be able to take some time off if they need it um we we should show interest in the team's personal lives and not just like what are they delivering for the company and the customers mm. and and so there's a lot of things that like it's just like a lot of work a lot of like remembering to focus on the people before the profits and everything um so those things work remotely or not and then there are some things that are easier in person of course and, and what we do when there's no pandemic is um every three months we bring the whole team together in person um we actually did the first one since covid started uh last month and um we hired an amazing villa in greece and we flew the whole team out fr from america and russia and the uk and all over the world and, wow. uh, and we had an amazing time for four days. We flew some customers out there as well. And, yeah. um, and you know, and, and we bonded. And, you, you know, there are things you can't do remote. And, and so we do that in person. Um, but, yeah, for me, there's no excuse to, to have a bad culture. It's just like you haven't, you haven't spent time on it. You haven't chosen to have a good culture and, and put the work in to do that. Not saying we're perfect, by the way. There's a lot I want to improve still. And, and, it, and it definitely gets harder as you get bigger. Um, so yeah, definitely don't have all the answers, but that's like how I think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like we're always learning and we're trying to improve that. That was definitely insane, brother. And I think it really comes down to like having that personal interest in relationships while you're running a company with your, with your co coworkers, with your team. Right. And that really brings that spark of connection between people and increases the productivity. So guys don't make remote team as an excuse for the culture disturbance, yeah. right? So let's get to the next question, Dan. We would love to hear like your daily routine. Like, do you personally follow any routines? How does that look like? Mm. Yeah, I go up and down on this. I would love to say I wake up at four and I meditate for seven hours. Um, I don't. Um, when I'm in, when I'm in a good um, routine with it, then I'll exercise in the morning. And sometimes I'll also do priming, which is a, a, a um, something from Tony Robbins, which is like 15 minute kind of active meditation. I find both of those things really set me up for a good day. Um, mm -hmm. When I'm working, like one, one thing I follow religiously is that I, I schedule every minute of the day. So whether I'm in a meeting or not, like there is something blocked in my calendar that I am doing at that time. And it forces me, it's a technique I got from a book called Deep Work, mm -hmm. which is a very, very, really good book, like a high, high leverage book. It will impact your results a lot if you read it. Um, and, I, and, and what I like about that is it forces me to spend my time consciously. A lot of people just float from one thing to the next, like answering email and whatever. And when you actually look on your calendar and you can see what you're doing every day, you can consciously decide, is that a good use of my time? Is that actually bringing me to my goals? And um, a lot of people who don't hit their goals, they're just not doing the right things to get to their goals, right? It's like, it's not rocket science. It's like, well, what are you spending your time doing? Uh, so just get, you know, I schedule every minute of the day. And then another one from Deep Work, again, I'm not perfect at this one either, is like, th th there's a concept in there called like um, shutdown um, re regime. It's like, at the end of your work day, 
you uh he the, the book suggests having like a set of rituals that you do like okay i close off email i close off slack i close off whatever and then you know i sometimes they even recommend that you say you know shut down complete like you you literally out loud say something that means you are no longer working and you are now in um home life which is hmm. also nice if you work remotely because then there's like you're not commuting to and from work and that's that's pretty nice because then it kind of gives you that emotional permission at the end of the day to like stop working and spend time with your family or hobbies or whatever it might be um yeah so that's a couple of things i'm not perfect at any of it honestly uh, but i'm doing my best and you know i'm trying to improve all yeah. the time yeah i appreciate that and i think that was definitely insane advice for a lot of people so guys get your hands on the book which dan just recommended make sure you know you will get into deep work as well and i think yeah. you could really fool your brain by saying those things out and i think that's really important as an entrepreneur to get that unwind kind of time for yourself because especially when you're remote team you'll be like it's 2 am you check your slack there's something urgent you open up your pc you start working on it no right set a timer as just mentioned schedule everything and go ahead that was absolutely insane advice dan appreciate that let's get to the next question brother you've been someone who's now running you've been like a co-founder of a company which is doing over eight figures now right if there is one suggestion you could give to 20 year olds yourself or someone who's just getting started in your business what will be number one suggestion for them hmm. um i think with this one I was always looking for a silver bullet like I just do this one thing and then I become successful and um and one of the things I've learned is like there's basically no silver bullets you have to work really hard for a long time and you still have to try and make smart decisions but don't expect that one thing is going to make everything explode I I um I sometimes speak to people uh who who you know they've got you know, they've been producing content for Instagram and then they're like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do TikTok. And then they're like, oh no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they jump around so much. They never do anything well and they never get anywhere and they wonder why. And they're always kind of blaming the external things. And mm. and I say like, well, you just haven't done anything well enough and for long enough to make it work. I think like if there was one specific thing, it would be just like spending time with successful people Um you know, and it, and this is important at every stage. Like I, I literally had a call yesterday with um, Michael Gonzalez, I, I believe is how is, uh, is his name. He's the founder of something called Fit Tea, which is like one of the biggest like tea companies in the world. They've done a hundred million dollars of tea and they sold it all through like Instagram, like um, uh, influencers promoting it on Instagram, right? This wow. guy paid, paid Kim Kardashian a million dollars to post about his tea on Instagram, right? And and what I loved about this conversation yesterday with Michael is he just thinks really big. He he was like, he was like, there is no one on this planet who is not accessible if you work hard enough and if you if you find a way, right? And so sure. to have someone who's had like the biggest celebrity on the planet promoting their product, what you realize is like it kind of makes it real for you that you're like, oh, it's possible. Like this guy Michael isn't some like God, he's not a genius, he just like thinks big enough. He knows it's possible for him. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of benefit literally just from, from mindset um, mm. of being with, being with successful people and being like, oh, okay, I, I'm, I'm good enough. I am enough to be that successful. They're not a genius. They're maybe not even as smart as I am and they're more successful. So what am I doing, right? That's probably one thing, but it is, again, it's not a silver bullet. You're not going to become successful overnight. It's just like a nice bit of like fuel on the fire. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that was a great piece of advice, by the way. I appreciate you mentioning that, brother. I think it, it's really about surrounding the right people around. And I mean, you, you're, you're getting stuck because of the wrong character traits you have and limiting beliefs you have because limits only exist in your head. Mm. They don't exist in real life. So you just need to get over the limiting beliefs, hang out with the right people. And you're talking to people who have done like $100 million selling tea on Instagram, one channel, one product, doing yeah. nine figures. So that's what That's it right. takes to build a nine figures business, right? Appreciate that. Let's get to the next question, brother. Your life's biggest achievement so far and any next bigger goals? How does that look like for you? Hmm. Um, one thing I really struggle with is like, um, I very much attach my identity to my business. So like, as soon as you said that, I was like, I immediately think about work. And I think that's like, that's something that I don't like about myself. I don't want that to be like my sole identity because, um, because, you know, we're, we're more than our work. So probably, you know, I've got an amazing relationship with my fiance. We've been together since I was um, 16 years old <laughs> and we're 20, I'm 29 wow. now. So we've been together a long time. We're getting married next year. The pandemic awesome. delayed the, mari- the the wedding for a, a few years. Congratulations, man. Thank you. And, and it is, you know, the reason I say that is because, um, you know relationships are hard you know even even um to have an amazing relationship is hard to have a shit relationship is easy and so we've put a lot of work in and i think we do have an amazing relationship so that's probably my biggest achievement and then next bigger goal next bigger goal i mean i'll give you a work one on that what's our next milestone for passion yeah, I mean, we think a lot about annual recurring revenue because that's kind of like the key KPI for success in a um, in a SaaS business. Thinkific, for example, which is an online course creator, um, they went public at thirty million ARR, um, and so and going public is a huge goal for for any company, right? Um, for a yeah. software company as well. So um, probably the next big milestone would be like if we can get to thirty million ARR, like recurring revenue. Um, and I, I don't know we'll think about going public, but that would be a cool milestone to get to for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that would be so cool. I mean, the kind of value you're creating, you, your company valuation would be like 10 figures if you, if you really continue to grow the pace you're doing. Uh, appreciate yeah. that, brother. We're very excited to see the journey and how you're going to hit that level. I appreciate that. Really, really excited to see that, brother. Let's get to the next question, brother. What was the biggest mistake in your life so far, especially in terms of personal and business? Mm-hmm. I think someone's just coming in, by the way. Um, biggest mistake in my life so far? That's a good question. Man, I don't, I don't have a good one for that. Biggest mistake. Is it on the biggest mistake? Oh, yeah, I can, I can give you one here. So back when we were like doing an agency uh, model mm-hmm. where we had, where we had um, these partners who I told you we were doing everything for them, all the marketing, everything. We we had one partner that had like insane product market fit. You know, I was saying like good products always win. This product just w- went crazy on, on social. Like it didn't matter how much we invested in Facebook, Instagram ads. We were making like 10 X ROAS and, and we just kept pumping money in and kept pumping like 10 X back out. It was like completely mind blowing. We did a two-week launch. We made 560K in two weeks. And this was very Ooh. early in our business. And it was it was just wild, right? Um, the big mistake was a couple of things. Number one, we didn't include any recurring offer in that thing. So we had this mm. huge 560K spike, but we didn't 
which which was like it was a very low ticket product so it was like 25,000 customers it was a huge huge number of people if we would wow. have just offered them like a 20 buck a month subscription like $20 times 25,000 uh, 25,000 people is I'm doing maths half a million so we would have had half a million dollars of of monthly recurring revenue which is 6 million a year obviously there's like a churn as well but we should have included some recurring revenue with that offer and then the other big mistake was we didn't hold on to that partner. And that's wild. Like she had such good product market fit. We were adding so much value and, um, and we didn't, we weren't able to hold on to the partner. She made a lot of money out of the deal and then she just moved on to the next thing. And mm. um, I've always kind of like um, that. I've always kind of felt like that was on me because I didn't like build the right relationship. Uh, you know, I said earlier, focus on people before profits. I think I didn't, I focused on like, making this thing work and I didn't focus on that relationship enough and and so um so in the end we lost that partner and and you know we could have had like a much bigger impact over the next years to come um yeah that's it yeah that that was a great learning Dan I appreciate that thanks for mentioning that I think it really comes down to understanding human relationships are much more important than company partnership because when you're having partnerships with companies, it comes down to like people who are running the companies and you really yeah. need to maintain that vibe between you. And yeah, I appreciate that, brother. And guys, you know the lesson here. It's time to add recurring revenue services. Yeah. Even if it's just like 10 bucks, it's going to dramatically increase your company valuation. If you're really looking for that quick buck, that's fine. But if you're looking for long-term, try recurring stuff. That would be absolutely inspirational. Dan, let's get to the next question, brother. <laughs> Your main inspiration for the success and key people involved in your journey. Like what really motivates you? Um, I mean, my co-founder, Matthias, um, he like, uh, you know, I said earlier, like find people who kind of complement your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Matthias is like the, the biggest picture thinker that I know. He's really good at like painting a, a picture of what the future might look like for the world and what our place might be in that. That's not my, mm -hmm. it's not my strength. I'm good at, kind of taking his ideas and jumping around and shouting about them and people seem to get excited. Um, but, but, uh, he's just really strong in that. And, you know, the hardest thing about like finding complimentary people, um, there's a helicopter going over. Sorry. The hardest thing about finding complimentary people and working with them is that what, like, while they are strong in things that you're weak in and you're, you're strong in things that they're weak in, the human brain naturally focuses on like the gaps, right? So hmm. it's very natural for people to look at, you know, someone who's different than them and think about all the things that, that annoys you about them, right? Because, you know, they can't do this and they can't do that. So, so um, it's for me and Matthias, it's been really important to like really consciously appreciate each other for all the things that we're, that we're both bringing to the table because we, we fill in each other's gaps. Right. So hmm. yeah, I think he's, he's the main one there. That, that was a beautiful perspective. I appreciate you mentioning that, brother. Let's get to the next question, brother. I think this, this is the end of it, Daniel. Like, it was absolutely insane having you on. I mean, you've been pouring constant value and you've been helping over 5,000 clients, you know, serve 206,000 people. That's a huge chunk of marketplace right there through applications. So where can our audience find you mentoring? Like, do you have any coaching programs as well besides Passion.io? Yeah, so for us, it's really important when our customers join that they are successful with the platform, right? Like if they just launch an app and it doesn't work, they're going to leave again, right? So for us, it's very important that we do train our customers on, you know, how can you be successful with passion? Um, wow. And so, so we do, we do provide uh, a lot of hands-on support. 
the best way to like learn about how that, what that support looks like is, is just to attend one of our webinars. Um, it's passion.io. I mean, if you just go to passion.io, there's a big link at the top that says free webinar. You can just check that out. It runs mm -hmm. through some of the reasons why an app can help you in your business, but it also runs through in detail, like the different tra uh, training that we give you along with the platform. Uh, so that's probably the easiest, uh, easiest way for people to learn. Or they can just go to passion.io and just read, you know, the website and read some reviews and, you know, do your research. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, Dan. And, and like I've seen your case studies, bro, like, boom, like they are a banger. Like it's really, really, really impactful, impactful, guys. So guys, make sure to check out passion.io and you will definitely have a good time launching your own app and having that success and creating that monthly recurring revenue product, which is going to grow your company to a next level, brother. And Daniel, that was a definitely an awesome interview, brother. Thank you for dropping so many value bombs. Any last words before we conclude the total session for today? Cool. Let me ask you one thing. Um, I think you've done a really amazing job getting a lot of people on your podcast. Um, mm -hmm. You don't yet have like the biggest audience in the world. And I think, right. I mean, it'll get there because you're getting great people on the podcast. Um, you've got a really that. engaged audience. Yeah. But I, I, you know, you had the CEO of ClickFunnels and you've got all these two common club X people on there and whatnot. Um, what's your, what's your main um, secret for getting like these really impressive people on the show? Yeah, it's, I think, wow, that's a great question. And this is the first time ever someone is asking me on the show. I have people who ask off the show, but I would love to answer that question, Daniel. That's a really valid question. I think it really comes down to showcasing the purpose, like why you're doing this, why you're trying to do this, what kind of outcome you're trying to get out of this. And I was really clear with the heartful intention I'm trying to achieve, which is I wish someone showed me a millionaire's brain and their secrets on how they're building these high-valued businesses. Like I was this 18 years confused dropout kid who has no clue what it takes to build a business. And once I start to talk to people like you who have bigger perspective and bigger passion and bigger purpose in life, it kind of, it kind of enlightens me and it kind of creates that different character traits and opens up the real secrets on like, not secret, but it's real, real information, which, which kind of remove all of the limiting beliefs you have. So you start to get to that next level, especially in, in internally, right? So once you clear this here, which is between your ears, you start winning, right? And I've seen so many people listening to this podcast episode and start implementing what they heard, what they learn, and they start getting results. They come back and they answer like, hey, Nikhil, I've listened to this explicit podcast and he answered the specific question and I did that and it worked. I feel so blessed that I'm impacting people that way. And it really motivates me. And that's why I stay on top of game. I, I try to follow up with people and it's not easy. I've had so many people refuse me. That's totally fine. I'm transparent about it and I love it. And I love to give them the purpose. Dude, this is not something what I'm trying to do. This is something I would like to do with you. And this is the outcome. And that's mm -hmm. why we are on this call. That's why 70 other, 75 other two comma club winners and CEOs and Myron Golden, Alex Sharpen, whatnot, whoever joined this podcast, John Lee Dumas, like everyone who joined this podcast did that because they know the impact is going to create. And, mm -hmm. and personally, like if, if I look at my own perspective, this is the fastest way I could learn from top people in the industry. So mm -hmm. I had a personal benefit and I had a intentional benefit, which is going to impact and has a much bigger vision. And I mm -hmm. wanted to chase it and I'm going to continue to chase it. So I have, I have much more to accomplish, Daniel, but I really appreciate uh, you asking that brother. Definitely. Yeah. Cool, man. yeah. <laughs> that was nice to answer as well. I love yeah. it. Cool. Thanks for sharing. I love, I love learning as uh, learning at every opportunity. And I think you've done a great job there. So well done. Yeah. I appreciate that. Dan. so guys, in case if you're someone who's listening to this podcast and if you're wondering like, how could I network with all of these cool people, 
you know what to do start your own show or start a show and start getting big guests because this is the most leverage you can ever get i mean you could ask russell brunson and you say hey i've done xyz podcast would you like to jump on he might say yes but if you say hey i'm your fan would you like to talk to me he'll definitely say no because there are a million other fans but there are like probably 1000 people who are doing podcast so you become that one person so you cut short all of the noise in between and you become the expert so that's the easiest way and uh, so yeah that's that's the suggestion by my sad brother so again dan thank you so much for this amazing opportunity just like any other guest you have been pouring amazing value on this podcast session it was definitely insane so guys who are listening to this podcast right now you know what to do check out passion.io build your own dragon app application increase your revenue and build that 300% extra engagement you know what's going to happen if your customers engage three times better that means they purchase three times better it's going to triple your revenue directly right that that's the kind of real impact you could actually see in your business right and the kind of engagement experiences you're going to create it's absolutely insane so make sure to check out passion.io and i hope you enjoyed the podcast session for today guys and stay tuned for the next interview i'm going to be coming back with another amazing two comma cabinet just like daniel this is me the nikhil sai and daniel harvey signing up for today Peace, Dan.